untangle Synology Griffin Ring Unify. Go. Yeah. This is Reset. It can be found at reset.fm. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries. Mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and technology in general. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that has been sitting on my desk for years. Reminds me to be adventurous and have fun. Hey, everybody, back here at Reset Headquarters. Back at the microphone for another Reset Podcast. It is episode number 59. I'm your host, David McCabe. Find me at youtube.com slash David McCabe. All the videos go there and reset.fm for those show notes for this episode. First of all, let's stop by the old Patreon desk and thank Greg Hazlitt for being for becoming a new Patreon member. So I really appreciate that, Greg. Thank you so much. And hey, we're, we're starting off uh, 2019 with a bang. We've got a couple of new patrons. And it is time to get Greg. I think we just did a. I think the Patreon uh, checkbook came came around just a couple of days ago. So it's time to get those stickers out the door. So it is time. So thank you very much, guys. If I don't have your address, if you're a patron and I don't have your address, just go out there to Patreon.com. You can find me at Patreon.com/slash David McCabe, and then. Sign up or edit your settings and make sure I have your address. And then I will send you out that famous reset sticker that you can wear with pride. Yes. Okay. Thanks very much, guys. All right. Got a couple of things we want to talk about tonight. And we're going to start out with a router Wi-Fi combination that I am pretty sure you have never heard of. It's called Griffin. And by Griffin, I mean G-R-Y-P-H-O-N. It's not P-H as in fat, and it's not Griffin as in mystical beast with wings flying around. Although, I think it's going to be a mystical device that is going to overpower my house with glorious Wi-Fi and glorious parental control options right so that's kind of where this thing uh is so let me let me paint this picture for you i've met the owner and the creator of this device two years in a row at ces and two years ago we talked and he didn't have many options and whatnot on on the device and i was like you know what? i'm going to give it some time before i contact him for a review and then uh, met him again this year at CES, and I was like, you know what? It is time. This thing, it looks great. So let me shut up and just tell you a little bit about it. It is a uh, Wi-Fi router. It is uh, mesh capable with multiple systems. It has 4x4 Mu MIMO beam forming. Uh, it's a tri-band radio, AC3000, of course, 2 gig, 5 gig, and covers 3,000 square feet per unit and right now it is on Amazon for 210 bucks for the single it is 389 for the two pack that's going to cover 6,000 square feet I haven't tested that yet I'm just reading you the stat page so don't shoot the messenger yes I think it's a little expensive but I do believe it has uh, quite a bit of power in it I do think it takes over uh 
some of the duties of other boxes that you may have or have purchased like a Disney Circle and things like that. Let's see, one-year hardware warranty. And I've heard that these guys support their stuff like crazy. Good support. I've read a lot about it um, and hope that it is uh hope that it's going to work out. I'm going to take a look at it and I'm going to report back. And I'm really interested in their malware protection which is by ESET. So I I think I've talked about ESET technology before, but it's going to be neat to um go through that since I was a a big proponent of the Circle Home box and uh I hope that it I hope that it can keep up with my family, but I will definitely let you know about that. So that review coming. And I've also got the new Synology DS1019 Plus. It's a 1019, but it's not a 10 bay. It's a 5 bay uh, plus series. It's a Celeron quad-core processor. It's an 8 gig of RAM uh, that has two sticks. And it has two in uh, M.2 uh, cache slots, so you can put M.2 drives in there for read-write caching, which is kind of cool. And you can add on a second cage of five bays, I should say, uh, five an, another five bay hard drive unit, and take that thing up to I think 140 terabytes. So that's a uh, that's why it's called a 1019, 2019 for the one nine, and then the bays is a 10. So. It is a hundred dollars more than the last year's model of the 918, but it has more RAM and an extra bay. Last year's model has a four bay, same processor. So I'm interested to see how that performs. And now I bring you all about the ring, not the one ring to rule them all. Well, I guess in my household it is becoming the the one ring to rule them all, and that's ring.com. No, it's not an ad. This is, I'm kind of converting over my house to ring. So, hearkening back, to use those old-time big words, I bought two Ring Pro doorbells and two Spotlight cams. It's the uh, Spotlight Flood Cam. Uh, those are power devices. They uh, hook into your electricity. You got to do the electrician thing. I guess you could do it yourself. And let's see, what else do I have? I have a battery-operated um, camera that's probably been dead since, I don't know, late December. I just haven't gone out there and replaced the battery. It was probably the, the worst decision I've made with the Ring products is the um, the battery camera. It's an outdoor battery camera. Pain in the butt, got to got to get on the ladder every time that uh, every time I have to uh, change the battery. I need to move it. I think it just gets triggered way too much, so uh, it doesn't last very long. So I need to put it in a in a spot that is more like it's not going to get triggered. Maybe by deer, either a bad guy or something cute that can get me on uh, retweeted by you know Ring's Twitter account. That's all I want to see, right? Bad guys and deer. Something. I don't know. Bears with baseballs. I don't, who knows? So I've decided I've I've been saying ever since Ring announced their alarm product and didn't ship it because of the whole ADT thing that I was going to get on board when it was released. And I didn't. I waited. 
and I waited and I waited and I finally pulled the trigger on this thing. It was $40 off. It's normally $199. It went down to its Black Friday price and I didn't get it then, but I do have it now and I have it sort of installed, sort of installed. So I bought the the minimal kit. It has the base station, the keypad, the extender, the it has one door window sensor and one motion sensor. So the base station is houses Ethernet, Wi-Fi, Zigbee, Z-Wave, and an AT&T SIM card. So I've got it hooked up to Ethernet. It also has a status light that lets you know if it's armed or disarmed. And it also does the bling bling when you open a door. It also will act as a uh, a screaming meme of a siren. And let me tell you, it's loud. So don't be by that thing when it goes off. The keypad is a small little toy-looking device. Yes, Richard Gunther, you are correct. It is somewhat toyish, but it functions well. The The one problem it has is it's, not, it's probably not going to act like the alarm panel that you are used to today. It doesn't act like the one I have. And you inevitably get into routines of arming, disarming, and entry and exit and whatnot. And you just kind of have to figure out what's going to fit you best. It's not, I wouldn't say it's perfect, but they keep adding to its feature set. The part that frustrates me about this is it was originally advertised as battery operated or plug me in, set me on a desk. Well, they've kind of backed off of the power it 24-7 thing because they're having a lot of units go unresponsive. So people are coming home, opening their garage door, their unit, which is plugged in, is unresponsive. So they're panicking. They've got 30 seconds to disable this thing. They either have to do it with the ALEXA or they have to go to the other, other keypad if they have one or use the phone app which it, it can be concerning. you got 30 seconds before uh, before the thing goes off. you got a handful of groceries. Maybe you got a sleeping kid on your shoulder. Who knows? But that can be, uh, that can be somewhat daunting and a pain. I understand. Now, I had, I had a rough start with my ring alarm purchase. And it just so happens the same week that I had a rough start installing this ring alarm, my Ring Pro doorbell on my front door decides to die. I thought it was just a Wi-Fi issue because I'd been swapping out Wi-Fi quite a bit. And I had a plan. I'll tell you about this plan in a little while. But it didn't work. And I brought, I took it off, brought it inside. I have a spare power supply, hooked it up, tried everything, you know, right by the access point, nothing. So had to call Ring get the doorbell replaced. The good news is they were very responsive. They were very uh, respectful. You know, they're not like rebooted 30 times. You're dumb. I'm smarter than you. Do this, do this, do this. Two hours later, okay, Mr. McCabe, call us back. You know, nothing. No, it was like, okay, it's doing this. All right, we're going to replace it. 
they did replace it. I got it almost two days. I think it was like an overnight service, a two-day service. It was very zippy. And I got a newer version of hardware as well. So they said, they technically told me this is version 3. So, and it does look different on the back. So I thought that was kind of cool. Kind of got an updated uh, Ring Pro doorbell. Hooked it up inside with my power supply and everything went swimmingly. It It was perfect. It connected to Wi-Fi, did its thing. I let it sit there for a while. It it told me it was updating, and then I, I let it sit even further, like burning it in, right? And then after it sat there a couple hours, I went ahead and powered it off and then took it to the front door, mounted it, and it has been operational and fine ever since. Okay, back to the alarm. I didn't want to freak the family out and pull everything out and install this thing. You know, you just it's setting yourself up for a disaster if you do that. So I hooked it up as a complete system in my office, kind of on my review table. Everything paired with the base station except the keypad. So I go into troubleshooting mode. I look on the internet. I figure out the way to do inclusion and exclusion mode because this is, uh, I think it's a Z-Wave device. I'm pretty sure it's a Z-Wave device. Did I say Zigbee earlier? I may be wrong there. I think this is Z-Wave. So correct me if I'm wrong. I think I did say Zigbee, didn't I? It is Z-Wave Plus, by the way. And so I did everything possible to get this thing to play nicely, and it just wouldn't. So back to Ring. <laughs> and uh, they run me through it as well, ask me what's going on, and here it is. We Okay, they, let's try this. Doesn't work. Okay, let's get you a new keypad. Boom. So I had two kind of RMA situations going on. Funny thing is, is that device came uh, much slower, I guess because it has a battery built into it, right? It has to go via ground shipping. And But I got the new one, and man, it paired instantly. So it always makes you feel better when uh, your thing is actually broken and you're not stupid. And it paired instantly, and I just did the swap, put the old one back into the box, and send it on its way. So, I had initially had planned on using the old power for the alarm panels and powering the new panels with a little uh, 12 volt to 5 volt transformer. So, you can find these little transformers on Amazon. And what's coming out of the alarm panel, well, my alarm panel, because I put a uh, voltmeter on it, was like 13.5 volts. And so I'm stepping that down with a little baby transformer that's easy to hide in the wall and stepping that down to 5 volts to power the ring keypad. Well, then I found out just by searching around, just reading if anyone had done this, and someone has done this, and found out that uh, people are having trouble with these unresponsive keypads. And it seems to be that some folks think it is actually the power supply for the um, keypad that Ring included. So that that kind of concerns me. I guess I'm going to have to report back to you. I'm going to do... So what I have to do is I've got another keypad on the way. I have two, one on each side of the house. And... 
more door and window sensors coming. So I'm going to run one keypad under 24-7 power and one keypad under battery power. And it's supposed to last six to eight months. So that's a good thing. Won't have to take it off and charge it all the time. But the other thing I thought of is if you're not supposed to run it on power all the time, what if I just put it on if I put the power supply, which is downstairs in the basement, that runs the old alarm panel, what if I put it on like a Z-Wave plug and schedule it, do this via smart things, right? And schedule it to power off at night and have it go to battery mode. I wonder if it'd beep at me. I don't know. We'll see. So I was just trying to think, how can I circumvent this? But they may, that may not be a very good idea at all. It may... Um, it may that may come back to bite you. You don't want it to be beeping on you like, "Hey, I'm on battery." Hello. So it may do that via the app as well. So that would be a bad thing. I will try it nonetheless. I will definitely try it. So I've got sensors on the way. I've got a keypad on the way, a second keypad on the way. And then we're going to go into training mode. I've already pulled off my smart things sensors. Those are going to go straight to eBay. And I'm not going to mess with those anymore. I never I never was disillusioned by smart things thinking that I could use it as security. Um, I thought maybe it might be possible at one time, you know, very early in its life, but quickly, quickly came to distrust it very much so and just now use it for automations. And I'm going to really try to pare that down quite a bit because I can pull my Z-Wave keypads off of smart things and add them over to the ring alarm system and if you're outside and you use a key code to unlock the z-wave schlage lock it will also disable you can have it disable the alarm system so all you got to do is know one code not two so that's pretty neat in itself and you can also do automations i do automations in smart things when i get when I sense someone coming up the walk on the ring doorbell, I will, during certain time frames, which at night, I will turn on lights. So you can turn on that outside light so they can actually see the Schlage door pad. So that is going to be handy as well. So a lot of things going. Uh, please ask me questions. If you have any questions about the ring system, the ring alarm system, I'll be more than happy to, to answer those. I'm going to try to get... A, um, I'm going to try to get a YouTube video out as well and kind of show everything that I'm doing because I'm I'm kind of leery about the there's two modes that you can arm this thing and you can arm it home but armed that that way uh, if you're at home it you can also arm it like home or I mean arms but away right and that would turn on the motion detector the motion sensor now you can turn that off and on in each in each armed mode you can tell it what sensors to monitor which i think is cool because i may i may just take out the motion sensor because i think i'll just use i think i'll just use the um the door window sensors and soon the alexa is supposed to do glass breakage sensing for the ring alarm system. So got enough of those around that hopefully it would pick up the glass breakage 
as well. And by the way, this is a completely monitored system. I'm paying $100 a year for camera cloud access. That also includes ring professional monitoring, which does save on my insurance policy. I've already uh, I've already looked that up. So there's a lot of little ins and outs to this one gadget purchase. All right, so maybe we should wrap up a little bit about Ring Alarm. But the one thing I want to talk to you about, and uh, they keep improving this app in the um, for the Ring doorbell. You know, la- last time we talked about Amazon purchasing companies and we were worried that maybe they would uh, mess with Eero, mess it up, you know, put advertising in it, whatever, monitor your, your Wi-Fi and, you know, sell you something. But they continued to, I guess, let that ring team do their own thing, which is really kind of cool. They've added a feature in the ring app called Timeline, which is really cool. So when you go in to your dashboard, you, um, you see your cameras. Now, you've got this new thing where you can look at larger pictures or little small square pictures of your camera. And when you tap on that, you can go into a timeline. So a timeline for a video feed, it just gives you the, you know, the date and time of the action that it recorded and, of course, uh, the video that's happening in front of you. It's really quite handy. And at the end, it has a little live section where you can go into live view. So this is a, a very welcome feature. Another feature that I have been using is I have a constant, P, a constantly on PC on my desk. And I use it for, uh, you know, right now I'm monitoring my Unify controller, uh, my Wi-Fi, my Untangle router, and uh, my Synology surveillance station cameras and I also have the ring app loaded on this PC and anytime there is a motion event or a doorbell it pops up on that PC a little window with the live video going on right then and there which is really kind of cool if you you know if you are on that desk job and you're sitting there and uh, it's it's kind of cool to have that little pop um, right there right there by you. I would have no problem with putting this on my, you know, my regular PC and having that window jump up. It's just a little bitty tiny video feed and you can click into it if you want to. So that's really kind of cool that that they they've done that as well. So I guess I am just a <laughs> I'm just a fanboy of Ring at this point. I've bought so much of their stuff. So let me know. We can talk about this in the uh, reset forums if you are a fan of this. If you've gone the Nest route or uh, you're Simply Safe, I know a lot of you guys are on the Simply Safe bandwagon. The other, the other alarm system out there that I've always been intrigued about, and I still have not been able to get a um, a review unit from them, is Abode. Abode has a really slick alarm system, and I have yet to. Um, I've yet to really, I've talked to him a hundred times at CES, but um, I've yet to really see any hardware show up. I'd really love to test that. And speaking of hardware, I'm recording this in two different sessions in two different days. And my, I have, what, six more door window sensors have shown up. And I have another keypad that has shown up. So talked about that earlier. It is all in. I just have to get it out, hook it up, 
and then I'm going to put it in, they have a seven-day test mode where you can test it out like it was a live monitored alarm system. This is for your for your benefit, trust me. You don't want to be having your family set this thing off and uh, you know getting a call from the cops or I mean getting a visit from the cops or the fire fire department. The other thing I'm waiting on is a delivery of a first alert smoke alarm and I want to integrate that into the system as well. So, gosh, that's enough. I keep coming up with topics to talk about on the ring alarm. If you have questions, just let me know. I mentioned Unify Controller, and my ubiquity Unify Wi-Fi network is still heating my house very nicely through this winter. I am uh, I'm very happy with my Wi-Fi situation. I have not had a single issue with this system. Now... Having said that, I thought that I was having an issue with Wi-Fi on my front doorbell. Just it, it would it was disconnecting, disconnecting, and then finally it just it just disconnected, and I couldn't get it reconnected, no matter what I tried. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to maybe it's just can't get through this brick or the door. It's not that far away from an access point, but maybe it's just me. I'm going to give it the benefit of a doubt. So I, what I did is I set up a single 2.4 gigahertz SSID and broadcast it from only one single access point. That way, you know, some devices have issues and trouble with multiple access points. A single SSID coming from multiple access points. It confuses them. They see four of the same SSID that you told it to connect to and they're like, I just can't do it, Dave. I'm going to shut down and not do it. Case in point, the Wise camera does that. If you do not have a 2.4 gigahertz SSID that is only from a single access point, it will not connect. It would not connect to my Eero. It will not connect to my Unify controller. So I set my Wise camera aside. I thought, like, you know, I'm not going to mess with it right now, and uh, I'll create a network for it later. Then I thought, when this doorbell issue came up, I was like, you know what? I can fix two birds with one stone here if I just create this little, uh, this single SSID emanating from a single access point. The access point I know I should be getting Wi-Fi from, from this doorbell, the strongest signal, the closest access point. It's very easy to set up. Now, it's not like, it's not like beginner consumer networking. I'll tell you that. But it's not command line either, right? Which would be hardcore, uh, very difficult. But this is, you know, a couple of clicks, create the SSID, and then a couple of clicks to assign it to an access point. Now, actually, what you do is you unassign it the access points you don't want it to come out, and then just leave it hot on the single one. So, very cool, very easy to do. The simple fact that you can do that with your Unify Ubiquity Wi-Fi system is fantastic. 
I love that, that you can do that. Now, most systems will let you put a guest SSID. They'll let you put extra SSIDs. Some of them will. But have it broadcast from only one access point? That's a little bit of magic sauce right there. That's some good secret stuff. So it didn't fix my ring doorbell. But my wise cam is up and running like like a champ. I'm, I'm doing the bob and weave in front of the microphone like, yeah, baby. Um, it w- worked perfectly. I mean, this Unify system, I am so happy I got this. I'm so happy. And now I have this other router in my house, and I almost feel bad that... Uh, that I'm testing something else as soon as I've purchased something. You know, and I thought I was going to have to buy more gear. And I told you a couple of shows ago that I don't think I purchased my Unify system correctly. I purchased three different units to test the capabilities of each unit. And I felt bad on return. I would have probably returned two of them and got and returned those for the ceiling access points. I think the ceiling access points is where um, the best bang for the buck, honestly. I felt bad about returning those because they truly were not bad. You know, I wasn't satisfied with them, but it wasn't the vendor's fault and it wasn't the retailer's fault. So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to keep them. I'll eat it. I'll either sell them on eBay or just use them and I've just been using them and not a single one of them is mounted correctly. Uh, they're all kind of, I have a ceiling mount in my great room that is sitting on top of a plastic shoe box from the container store. And that's, you know, just to get it up off of the wood of the top of my uh, entertainment console to get it kind of in the air. And I also got, you remember the old days of DVD spindles where you could buy a pack of 200, 300 DVDs that you'd burn? It came with that plastic cylindrical tube, right, that you would twist, unlock, and then pull off, grab the top DVD, and then put it back on, and then burn and do do whatever you got to do, right? Well, I was looking around in my tech closets, like, how am I going to get this thing in the air. And I was like, ah, plastic shoebox with a DVD spindle. So I flipped the DVD spindle upside down. So it's got the hole on the top, which the ceiling mount fits very nicely, concave, groovy fit. And that is sitting on top of my entertainment system. Unfortunately, it is completely visible throughout the entire house and living room, which... I honestly cannot believe the CFO hasn't, you know, had me uh, fired because of that. Because it is pretty ugly and tacky looking. But you can turn off the light. It has, uh, the ceiling mount of the Unify system has a nice little blue light. Very pretty. You can flash it if, uh, let's say you lose an access point. It, I don't know how you'd lose one, but you can identify it. You can tell it to flash and you can go around and look at all your access points. Oh, there it is. It's flashing. So, found it um yeah i need to figure out a way in which to ceiling mount some of these things which it's no easy feat i tell you 
you really got to think about this network before you buy it. Um, if you'd like to discuss it more, let's uh, please do so at, over at ResetForums.com. And I love my Wisecam. <clears throat> $20 little Wisecam. Love it. Love it to pieces. Um, great little app. Just, I don't have it, like, integrated. It just doesn't have a clear function yet, right? So I'm trying to figure that out, how it works in my network. And they're coming out with more stuff. Wise wants to be, you know, the um, the company in your house, kind of like what you would do with, like, an Arlo or... Um, or you know, an Amazon gear. They want to. They want to sell you the cameras. They want to sell you the uh, sensors. So uh, look for more things from them. We also talked about Untangle. <clears throat> excuse me, lap last episode, and it was coming up to. I, I'm running Untangle. It's the home version. It was a trial. I ran it on some hardware, very old hardware, and it's just killing it. It's loving it. It just works great. I did have to buy a sticker RAM for it where uh, PFSense ran fine. I did have to add another gig of RAM, which that was a whole $5 off of eBay. Yeah, I know. Seriously. But Untangle, running fine. Very easy install. Um, runs on very minimal hardware. You could probably get this going on a laptop, a uh, cheap old laptop if you had to. And... But I told you I was frustrated with the, there's no lack of feature with Untangle. You can get it done with Untangle. It's just, it might not be readily apparent in how you get it done or easy to get it done. And I'm talking about parental controls. I'm talking about time limits. I'm talking about all those other things. Now, the the malware, the antivirus, you just turn it on. You literally just turn it on. And it it sucks down the bad stuff and it blocks websites. Trust me, it blocks websites. Um, it'll block a lot of apps, you know, trying to call home or trying to call into their ad network, uh, which is pretty slick. I really like how it does that. And it'll send you reports every morning. And you look through the reports and like, I didn't feel this at all. I, I didn't see this. I didn't know it was happening, but it it did its job. Very good job. So I set up this very complex system tagging MAC addresses um, with each child's name and set up a kid's profile on the Untangle box. So that enabled me to, in that profile, make changes to categories. So you assign the kid's MAC address to a certain profile, which I call the kid's profile, and it allows you to load a complete rack. And when I say rack, Untangle kind of used to do this virtual network rack, like firewall mail server, you know, all these different functions that it does, you know, malware, um, ad blockers, you know, all and it looked like a network rack, right? Like top to bottom 19 inch network rack. So it allows you to create virtual racks for different functions or equipment or devices on your network. 
So I did. I created a rack for my kids, assigned them their MAC addresses so I can see if, you know, kid A is doing something nefarious or kid B, you know, is spending too much time on YouTube or whatever. After you do that, then you set up all the rules. Then you turn on antivirus for that rack. That like it's a complete brand new slate. You turn on the ads, anti-ads, malware, antivirus, you turn all that on. Web categories, you can go through all the web categories and you can kind of you can touch more categories and it it goes at length with the stuff. I mean, it's not just porn and hate, right? That's two categories that you would block on your home network, right? Well, you can nail this down further. You can nail it down to swimsuit girls. You can nail it down to guns, um, test cheating sites, right? There's all kinds of categories. You can just start clicking. I just click tons of them, right? I'm lock these kids down. Not cheating on any tests on my network. You know, they'll find it elsewhere, trust me. But it was kind of a test to get everything locked down. I figured out how to assign their MAC addresses to a firewall rule between the times of let's say nine PM to six AM, which routed them to null, you know, nothing. And it's it's a very convoluted process in how to get that done. Well, of course, I told you what's going to happen is the first time that I have to undo any of that, I'm not going to know what the heck I did and it's I'm going to have issues. When you look at competing products, and I'm going to say Circle Home, the Fingbox, this now up-and-coming review of the Griffin uh, Wi-Fi router. When you look at those, you get a nice handy-dandy little Android or iPhone app, and you can just override or bonus time or, you know, allow access. You can do, with the Griffin, you can do interactive access. The kid's doing a research project, and it takes him to something with you know, chemicals or something that maybe has guns or something and it blocks it and it'll ask him, do you want to request this site from the admins? And you request it, put a note in there, dad, I need to get to this site because I'm doing a research project on uh, chemistry and I need to, I need to see this. Boom. Dad grabs his phone and approves the site and the kid keeps, keeps going. Yeah. Not with untangle. No, it's untangle is black and white. Y'all it's, it's either allowed or it is not. There is no gray area. It blocks it or it passes it. And there's no pop-ups to say, I'm doing a chemistry test research kind of thing. So it did happen. And I told you it's going to happen. Kid was homesick. Which if a kid's homesick, he's out of his window of operational time on the untangle firewall. And I had to dig in the firewall. I'm like, try it now. You know, he just, kid just wants to play a little game, you know, on his iPad because he's homesick, which got no problem with that. And he's like, okay, try it now. I'm like, oh, crud, I don't know what I'm, oh, geez, oh, rip it all out. That's just exactly what I did. I 
I ripped every single parental control rule, build, profile, policy that I set up in that thing. I was like, I got to figure something out. I got to figure something else out. So I'm like, you know what? That circle box did okay. Let's test it. Okay. So here's the thing I've always told you is that I don't have a whole lot of bandwidth at the house. So I don't know if circle is impeding me or not because I just don't have the bandwidth. Well, as I told you in a past episode, cable company came out, fixed my cable, and now I got 190 something down a whole 12 megabit per second up. I got I got a decent amount of bandwidth. I used to only get 25 megabits per second down. That was it. And Circle did not I mean I could turn that off, take it off the network and it did it didn't go any faster. It didn't slow me down at all. So I thought, you know, now that I've got this 190 down, let's test this circle box again. I put it on the network. I've told you how I do this. I don't do it via Wi-Fi. I do it via Ethernet. Fired up the app again. Got everything organized. Got everything assigned to their profiles. Myself included. I'm in there. And did some speed tests. You do the natural speed test with the fast app and then you go to a web browser on a PC connected via Ethernet and you can do the Xfinity that's like speedtest.xfinity.com it'll do a, a test for you. Zero speed reduction with the circle box. 190 megabits per second. Now I if it's if you have a faster connection than that I cannot vouch for it. Perhaps you get 300. I I have no idea. I seriously think that it's going to limit you at some point. And honestly, I have not done, I mean, that's a good Google search. You know, where does it, where does it stop? Where does it start limiting um, your bandwidth? Because it's doing its thing of checking. I have no clue. I really don't. So I was like, well, circle works. Let's just do that. Let's do that. Well, of course, the worst thing in the world is a Saturday morning and an iPad can't connect to the internet because that kid's going to wake you up no matter what. You could have told that kid, do not wake me up unless you have one of two things happening to you. A, there is actual fire in our house consuming walls and boards and ceiling. Actual fire. Two, if you have any kind of fracture in which bone is protruding from skin, you may wake me up. Those are the only two conditions that children may wake me up on a Saturday morning is fire and bone protruding from skin. Any other type of injury? Mm -mm. No. Just rub dart on it, get some ice, I don't know, rinse it off. Just don't wake me up. Well, according to my children, an iPad without internet is under the same emergency clause as compound fractures. And it was um, circle. 
circle had completely died. I don't know what it was. I rolled over. I look at the circle. I tried to connect to the app. App will not connect. I go downstairs uh, to power circle off. You just unplug the Ethernet. Um, the power... It, it, no, I can't say that because if you've connected it to your Wi-Fi, then it will connect to Wi-Fi and then resume its job like children are trying to circumvent it. You can also shut it down by holding it uh, the power button for 20 seconds. Uh, it will alarm to the app if it has uh, been tampered with in such a fashion. But at this point, I didn't care. Uh, it, it had died. I don't, maybe I just need to reset it. It just... Uh, I don't know. It just took a dump on itself. I don't know what it is, but it. I lost my confidence in it because it woke me up at six a.m. on a Saturday morning. So you're you're dead to me, Circle. <laughs> you're dead to me. Um, that's where the Griffin's going to come in. I hope that it it performs easily and uh, does a job of some nice uh, parental control. Untangle. Great router, great overall protection device for your network, for your uh, home home network. I did go ahead and buy it, um, not because I was just like loving it. It's because I had one day left on my trial and I was too lazy to get something else going. And honestly, I didn't want to mess up all my DHCP I had going at the time. It's fifty bucks for a year. I thought, you know what, that gives me that gives me some more time to test. And now the Griffin has showed up, and I'm sitting here staring at it, thinking, I really don't want to mess up my DHCP, but I will do that in order to test it because I want to. I don't want to do an isolated test with just me and my devices. I want to do. I want to do the full thing on this, uh, I want to give it a fair shake, uh, test its Wi-Fi power and everything. So that's what we're going to do. Although I do recommend Untangle, it uh, it just doesn't have the friendly app-guided, you know, functions that, that something like an Eero does. And I hate to compare it to that, but I mean, when it comes to apps, Eero's got it. Uh, even Netgear is <laughs> fixing their apps for their uh, for their routing. So Untangle, it's, it's just a bigger product. It's home users are enthusiasts. Home users are command line geeks at work, right? And Untangle opened up a home license for these folks out of the goodness of their heart because they asked for it. It's, it wasn't a product that was built from the ground up for that home user. So <clears throat> I have to be careful in, in judging them and judging the product in that fashion because it is a super high-powered freaking router. And it is meant for bigger things other than um, the Reset Headquarters network. So it's still I still wholly recommend it. A fantastic device. Even still uh, recommend PFSense. Uh, great router. Doesn't have quite as much as Untangle does, but still a great a great device. I think we're at the end of my voice and we're we're touching on 48 minutes, so I think uh, 59 is in the can, meaning done. Don't forget Patreon, patreon.com slash 
David McCabe, I do have a new sticker. I, I still got the square reset sticker, but I have a new little round reset sticker. It's kind of a more permanent, but um, if you sign up for uh, Patreon in March or April, you'll be able to get one of those. So you'll get two. You'll get a square and you'll get a circle. Circle on a square. That's it. That's 59. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for uh, supporting me in every way you do. We'll see you out there on the Reset Forms, resetforms.com. This has been Reset. It can be found at reset.fm or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash David McCabe. Follow on Twitter at McCabe.io and you can discuss this episode and more on Reset Forums, resetforums.com. Intro and outro music is by Darylene. Find it at soundcloud.com, Darylene Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at Patreon, patreon.com slash David McCabe. There's also some shopping links at resetforums.com if you want to use those. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you next week on Reset.